1: Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss the overlap between social media, influencers, and marketing agencies. Joining us is May Karwowski, who is the founder and CEO of Obviously, which is the fastest growing marketing agency in the tech platform. They specialize in working with influencers and some of the largest tech brands in the world. Yesterday, May and I talked about why social media and influencer marketing is still very important for brands. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the business of being an influencer. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with May Karwowski, founder and CEO of Obviously. May, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast.
2: Thanks. So glad to be here.
1: Excited to have you back. Yesterday, we talked a little bit about why big brands are focusing on influencer marketing and the dynamic between why you should work with a macro influencer, the Kim Kardashians of the world, and when you should think about working with a micro-influencer. And my takeaway from the conversation was there is a balance between the amount of reach that you're getting as opposed to the target you're reaching and sometimes the price as well. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit more about what's in it for the influencers. You work with some of the biggest brands in the world, helping them figure out who the influencers are. Lots of guys like me, guys and girls, are trying to build influence through multiple different channels. Talk to me about what the brands are looking for and and what makes an attractive influencer profile.
2: It's a really great time to be an influencer. It's definitely worth creating that content and trying to build that audience right now. A big thing that brands are looking for are influencers who are speaking about a certain niche, and then there's some flexibility around that niche. For example, if you're a plant influencer, which is now a relatively bigger thing due to people spending more time inside due to the pandemic. All of your audience, they care about plants. They care about what plants to buy. They're going to ask questions about shade, about soil nutrients, about the right types of pots to have. So a brand sees that and that is their target audience. You're really likely to get a contract with them as opposed to someone who is more general lifestyle content.
1: So the first thing that I'm thinking of is, great, there's some people that are obviously a dead direct match, right? I do the MarTech podcast. There are people that are trying to reach the MarTech industry. They're looking at this podcast, hopefully, and saying, all right, great. Hey, we found a guy that we can work with as an influencer. But there are lots of more general marketing brands. There are also more specific marketing influencers, maybe performance marketers or influencer marketers. How do you try to figure out where there is an overlap and beyond just the like 100% topic match, who's a good fit for you?
2: We actually look at the audiences of each influencer we work with on each platform. Say you live in San Francisco and your audience primarily lives in one, the United States, which is very important. And two, in the state of California, that's really going to help a brand kind of narrow in on who they want to work with. Because if you're working with a fast casual Restaurant, and they're only in the US, and you're really big in Japan, that's really not going to help them reach their target audience. So, who makes up your audience is really important, and also how engaged are they? So, you could have an influencer who has 50,000 followers and they're getting 2,000 likes per post, and then someone with 200,000 followers and they're getting 500 likes per post. We're always going to go with the person who has 50,000 followers because their audience is just so much more engaged. Whenever they're creating a piece of content putting it out into the world, they're immediately getting a reaction from their audience. And that's so important.
1: So content topic, geography, the size of your following, the engagement of your following, those seem to be sort of the four big criteria. You're working with people that are influencers of varying sizes. As an influencer, how do you figure out or how do the brands evaluate what your pricing should be? If I've got deep engagement, but a small following, should I be charging a premium? Or if I have a large following, should I be charging a premium? How do you figure out what your rates should be or how do brands evaluate your rates?
2: We do a lot of that work because there are very few real benchmarks in the industry currently, and things are evolving very quickly. I'd give the example of, you know, we do quite a bit of work on TikTok. We'd work with an influencer. They're like, oh, I'm charging $25 for a post. We come back three weeks later, They've talked to a few more people. They're like, "Oh, I'm now at three thousand dollars," you know, and we're like, "Okay, cool." So there's usually a negotiation, and so it is really important for a brand to sort of have their set benchmarks of what they're willing to pay because performance can vary greatly as well. So it's a little bit of the wild west.
1: I know, and it's the same thing with podcast advertising pricing. I have this conversation at least once a week about how podcast advertising pricing works, where. I think most people anchor on how display media is sold. It's a $25 to $50 CPM, but a download is not actually an impression. A listen is not actually a listener. Like All these metrics are different. And so where Joe Rogan, who gets millions of downloads, might sell at a $25 CPM because he's got all this inventory to sell, you know, I might have to sell at a $2,000 CPM to actually make it worth my while. For the record, that's not our rates. That would be astronomical. But give me some benchmarks or, or or help me understand sort of the boundaries of what you're seeing on the multiple channels. YouTube, you mentioned, hey, 50 grand is getting you two influencer relationships. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know. What does it look like on Instagram? What does it look like on podcast, TikTok? Just help me try to think of what the general price ranges are for working with an influencer.
2: I think one thing that we actually do a lot of, which brands really appreciate, and I think actually leads to higher performance, is we kind of take what we think an influencer would take for kind of any old brand. And then we say like, okay, if we can decrease that by 10%, let's, we'll get the influencers on board who are just really, really excited to work with that company. And see who's willing to negotiate and flex a little bit. We talk about it as like the bad brand tax. If you're a company that's not so cool, that an influencer knows when they talk about it, you know, they're going to catch some flack on their channel. It doesn't totally go with their general aesthetic. We want them to be charging more. So we can really say like, okay, this isn't a good fit anyway, because this is going to come off as super canned and really inauthentic. Let's just not go with them. So I'd, I'd use that as sort of a baseline. And then once we do that, if you're on Instagram and you're a micro-influencer, it could be anywhere from $100 to $1,000, depending on the brand, the product they're getting, and the ask. We had one brand who wanted influencers to drive to Red Rocks in the Southwest and take photos there. It's like, okay, that's gas money. That's time out of their day. That's a photo shoot. That's going to be $5,000 per person as opposed to something where, hey, yeah, I'm just drinking a soda. And I love the soda anyway. I'd be happy to do
1: that for $150. I think the measuring stick of influencers always gets down to audience size. Obviously, engagement is an important part of that. But I think that most people, when they're thinking about measuring influencers, sure, they're making sure that the topic is relevant. They are maybe thinking about geography, probably not as much as they should. What they're really looking is the big number at the top of the Instagram, which is the number of followers. In podcast, it's number of downloads. My guess is in YouTube, it's probably subscribers. And in TikTok, I don't know what metric the kids are paying attention to. I'm not a TikTokist. Help me understand the point of credibility for an influencer. Podcasts, I felt like it was 10,000 downloads. We could start selling ads. When is somebody actually an influencer?
2: You know, we work with people who are as small as a thousand followers, which I think kind of shocks some brands, but I would say once you're at the 5,000 mark, we can get you some pretty interesting brands. And then I think the industry standard is 10,000 because that's when you have the swipe up link on Instagram. And that's when we can really start to track traffic, but there's some really great, interesting, awesome people at that, like 7k, 8k mark who have just insane audiences and their audiences will buy. They just can't swipe up on Instagram yet. So 5k is kind of once you're there like okay cool we'll start really talking to you I can feel pretty confident we can get a cool grin in front of you
1: okay so multiple thousands generally and then the same thing with podcast I felt like when you have five figures in terms of that key metric that's really when you can consider yourself to be an influencer and maybe it's a little down market from that as well but it seems like you're finding a couple diamonds in the rough there Last question, I'm going to ask you the question that you said I shouldn't ask you, but I'm going to do it anyway. How do people grow their Instagram, podcast, YouTube, TikTok followings? Is there any secret sauce for actually becoming an influencer?
2: So there are a number of things. It takes a lot of hard work. I think a lot of people see influencers as like, oh, they're an attractive person posing in front of a cool wall. But actually, it takes a lot of work. And just as you know, creating this podcast, it's every day, it's consistency, it's having a general aesthetic that people know and love and can pick out of their feed. Like, oh yeah, that's my favorite influencer. And that's also having something of value to say, whether you just have kind of a crazy fun life and it's really fun to follow along, or if you're a DIY influencer who can assemble furniture, you just really need to add value to people and then be consistently creating that content I say once you start to really grow your following, then you start getting into cross promoting with other influencers and really engaging with your audience in a very real and kind of obsessive way. You have to respond to all your comments. You have to like and follow people back. And then you have to get other influencers into your account and onto their accounts so that you can get in front of more people.
1: I think that's great advice. And like with any content business, you have to have a tone, a perspective, you know, you're calling it add value, but there has to be a reason why someone should want to follow you first and foremost. What the content is, what your product is really matters. And then nobody becomes a blog star by posting one blog post. Nobody comes, you know, a podcast celebrity, if that's a thing, by doing one podcast. It is about consistency And then the last thing, it's building relationships and being part of the overall community within that channel. Those are really the three main things to do to start building influence. May, we're going to bring you back on the podcast one more time to talk a little bit about your business tomorrow. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to May Karwowski, the founder and CEO of Obviously, for joining us in part three of this interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow. May and I are going to talk about her tips for bootstrapping an agency to become an eight-figure business. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about May, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can follow her on Twitter. Her handle is May Wow, M-A-E-W-O-W. Or you could visit her company's website, which is obviously Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is MartechPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. -J Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning.